Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Gregory continues in this powerful series entitled Divine Recovery. Make sure to share with your friends and family this amazing revelation. Let's hear what God has for us today. We started a a new series on last week called Divine Recovery, and today we'll actually get into the four points that you see up underneath that entitled Inquire, Pursue, Overtake, and Recover All. We'll actually get to two of those on today, the Inquire and the Pursue piece, and then we'll finish it out on next week with Overtake and Recover All. And so we know that all of us uh, have had these experiences where we're going along in life and everything is going well, our family, right, our marriage, or whatever it is, our children, our jobs, our career, everything seems to be going well, and then suddenly life just takes a turn. Anybody ever been there before? You didn't wake up that morning, you weren't planning for it, life just kind of happened, and suddenly it took an unexpected turn. We've been reading that that's exactly what happened to David. Let's go back and read 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 4, and then we'll continue to move to where we'll pick up at on today. It says, and now it happened. See, David wasn't planning for that. David was actually out on a mission, and he came back and experienced tremendous loss. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone. Of course, David doesn't know that at this time, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then the people that were there, it's already bad enough, lifted up their voices and wept. They wailed and lamented and mourned with tears until they had no more power or capacity to weep. And we know the word ziklag means to, it means winding road. And so life can be like that at times. How many of y'all have experienced life that way where it seems like it's just heading in the right direction, everything is lined up, and then it takes this winding turn. So life can throw us some curves from time to time. Let's pick up at verse 6. It says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Now it's already bad enough. The camp has been burned down. All of his wives and children are gone. Now how would you feel if, if the people, your men, your army, right, they've lost their wives and children as well, but now they're talking about killing you. I mean, it's kind of going from bad to worse for David right now. Right, And that happens in life too, right? Where we're heading along, something happens, and then it seems like it actually gets worse for us. But I love the rest of this uh, verse here. It says, they spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And folks, sometimes life is going to leave you at a place where you don't have anybody else but God. But I want to remind you, sometimes that's the best place to be as when there's nothing left but God because then you realize God was always more than enough. And so David strengthened himself. He encouraged himself. 
David talked to himself. And we looked at point or, or letter A there, our first point, how did David strengthen himself? And we must do the same. We looked at all of those points up underneath that. I won't revisit any of those. Of course, you can go back to the notes and look at those for yourself. But let's pick up with letter B today, inquire of God. And so after you've been hit, right, I mean, you've got to get yourself together first. A lot of times we try to figure out strategy and we are not in position to strategize. We've got to get ourselves together, get our emotions under control. And then it is time after we've calmed ourselves down to inquire of God. And inquire of God means you have to find out what God's will is for your situation. In that moment, it's not time to think about what God did for someone else in the same situation. I mean, you've got to find out what is God saying to you specifically about your situation. So inquiring of God means seeking God's will in prayer. We see this in our passage with Abithiar and the ephod, or Abiathar and the ephod. Let's read verses 7 and 8. Verse 8 is actually the verse where all of our points come out of today. So it can be called our foundation text. Let's start picking up at verse 7. It says, Then David said to Abithiar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here with me. Now, the first thing I notice here is that David has the priest with him. How I many know you don't want to go too many places and not have God with you? And this is how God traveled with his people back then. He says, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? See, a lot of times the mistake we make is that we're so angry and we're so emotional, we try to do it for ourselves without first asking the question, is this the right route to take? How many of y'all have been there before? I think we all have as human beings. And so David asks the question to God or to Abiathar there, the priest. He says, shall I pursue this troop? And shall I overtake them? How many know the second question is just as important as the first? You can run up into a fight all you want to. But you do want to ask God, can I win? Can I beat the giant, right? Because our emotions will get the best of us and we'll just run into a situation not really knowing did God tell us we could actually win this situation. So David asks two important questions. He says, shall I pursue this troop and shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And I believe that's a prophetic word for some people watching online and in this room. It is time for you to be a little bit upset about what the enemy has stolen from you over these last two years. But you also have to be upset enough to inquire of God to find out what does he want you to do. It is going to require some effort on your part where you will have to pursue and then take back what rightfully belongs to you. But I'm telling you, for somebody, listen, you're going to recover it all without fail, every ounce of it and in ab abundance beside because you follow God's directions every step of the way. So we have seen Abiathar and the ephod before. If you study the Old Testament prior to that, 
Abiathar was the high priest, and the ephod was a special garment that the priest used to seek guidance from the Lord. This was the specific way that God was speaking to his people during this time. I don't want you all to go out and try to find an ephod and think that that's the way for you to, and a priest, and ask him to put it on, and that's the way to seek God. How I many know we don't have to seek God that way anymore? And if you come from churches that I come from, people will take it that far. So today we have someone far superior than a Beathar. We have Jesus as our high priest. Somebody go ahead and take a moment and thank God for Jesus being our high priest. Come on, you all can do better than that. Thank God for Jesus being our high priest. Now, if you would, turn to Hebrews chapter 4, and let's just very quickly read about his role as our high priest today. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Now, notice Abiathar was just a high priest. We have a great high priest. And the word great is a Greek word, megas. And it means large, exceedingly large. It means mega large. Somebody say Jesus is large, Jesus is large. And, in and in charge. Come on, say that with your chest. Come on, somebody say Jesus is large, Jesus is large. And, in and in charge. You know what he's trying to get you to understand right now? He's bigger than your situation. Sometimes we allow the enemy to make our situation bigger than Jesus. But Jesus is much bigger than your situation. So seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, it says, let us hold fast. That means to use strength or retain our confession. I mean, no, you don't have to hold fast to something or try to retain something unless someone's trying to take it from you. Now, I don't know if anyone has told you, but you have an enemy. And it's not your husband. And it's not your wife. Come on, it's not your co-workers. His name is Satan. And he wants everything that God promised you. He wants every word of faith that comes out of your mouth. He is fighting with a circumstance to try to take it from you. And if you don't have some bite and some fight about you to hold on to your confession of faith and what you're believing about your situation, if you won't fight to retain what you know, what rightfully belongs to you, I mean, no, God will, I mean, the enemy will take it from you every single time. That's why I'm glad I got my little assistant here today. Lil T is here in the building today. Stand up, young fella. See, Lil T, if he wanted this rope, right, if his confession was that's my rope, and, right, I want to give him this rope, Lil T not letting go of this rope. I promise you that. I don't care how hard I try to pull this. I don't care. His confession is this is my rope. And you're going to hold on to this rope for life. Give me that rope, boy. You're going to need two hands. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Look at the fight in it. Look, look at the fight in it. Look at the look on his face. Come on, look at the look on his face. Come on, look at the look on that young fella's face. Huh? You, you got a little something about you, don't you? Huh? Did you all see the look on his face? Huh? He wasn't letting go of this rope. And folks, you need to hold on to your healing. 
Come on, you need to retain what you've been saying about your healing. Come on, you need to retain and hold on to what you've been saying about your finances. Come on, you need to retain and hold on to what you've been saying about getting married, about having children. Come on, somebody. You need to retain and hold on to it. Even when it looks like all hell has broke loose against it, you can't let go of what you know God said. Now, how many of y'all know I'm not going to let that young fella work that hard and not put something in his hand? Come on up here, boy, and get you something. I ain't going to let him work that hard and not put something in his hand. Somebody give my little assistant a big round of applause today. See, whenever you stop saying what God said about your situation, you've already started losing. You got to fight for what you believe. Folks, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So we've got to hold fast, use our strength to retain our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He's been through everything that we've ever been through and ever will go through. He was in all points tempted as we are. Here's the difference between him and us, yet without sin. So then let us therefore come boldly and with confidence to the throne of grace. Notice what it calls his throne, a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment. God is not sitting somewhere waiting to beat you up because of the wrongs that you've done. God is sitting somewhere waiting to love on you and give you his favor and his mercy and his compassion because that's what kind of God, that's what kind of father he is. It says that we may obtain mercy or compassion and find grace to help in our time of need. Folks, stop running from God and start running to God. He is your greatest source of help in whatever it is that you're dealing with right now. If you're going to get it back, then you've got to go to God through Jesus to get the instructions as to what that looks like. Number one, under point number B, we need God's wisdom for our situation. We need God's wisdom for our situation. Go to James chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 2 through 5 out of the Passion tra Translation. It says here, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, now here's the faith. See it as an invaluable opportunity. What? My fellow believers, not to the world, to believers. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. So it sounds to me like then great difficulties produce great joy. Anybody in a, a difficult situation right now? You know where faith kicks in? I'm raising my hand because I'm in one. If you're living, you're in a situation right now. You can sit there and look like that all you want to. I'm going to lift my foot too. I said anyone in a difficult situation, matter of fact, I'll lift my other foot as well. It's called life. God is presenting, with you with, presenting you with the greatest opportunity ever known to man. And do you know how you know you're in faith? You can rejoice right now before you ever even come out of it. Some of y'all, that'll hit you when you get to your car on your way home after service today. But the greatest difficulty is presenting a divine opportunity 
for you to experience the greatest joy. Folks, there's joy waiting on you on the other side of this situation. But let's keep reading. There's some other things you've got to do. For you know that your faith is tested. You're not being tested. It's your faith that's being tested. It's what you believe that's being tested. That's why you have to retain and hold on to it. It is not personal against you. It's personal against what you believe. Your faith is being tested. Why? So that it can stir up power within you to endure all things. And then is your endurance. I love this word endurance here. It means patient continuance cheerful and hopeful it's the ability to keep on going operating in patience with a smile under my face i can literally outlast the situation that i'm going through because i already know the outcome on the other side so it's a patient continuance it's a cheerful hopefulness that will grow even stronger it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking folk your difficulty right now is actually a transportation system to get you to this place in your life called nothing, nothing missing and nothing lacking. If you can just keep joy in your heart and patiently stay under, you are going to arrive at a destination called nothing missing and nothing lacking. Folks, that is your future if you will just stay with God all the way through your situation. I love what this goes on to say. It says, and if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. See, what you all don't understand, your father sees your failure as an opportunity to demonstrate his grace to you. It constantly reminds me that when I'm at my worst, he's actually at his best. And if I'll just not be ashamed and say, God, I need wisdom. I'm not winning right now. I need wisdom in my marriage. I need wisdom as a father. I need wisdom on my job. I need wisdom. Amen. How many know God will give you? He'll overwhelm you with his grace, which means he will give you more wisdom than you need for the situation. And you'll come out of it on the other side far better than the way that you went in, so much so no one will ever know what you've been through. Number two, when God answers our prayer with a promise, it's to strengthen our faith. I mean, anytime God answers your prayer with a promise, he's attempting to strengthen your faith. Remember what he said in uh, 1 Samuel 39. He said, pursue for you will surely overtake them and without fail recover all. How I many know that was the word that David needed to hear to keep him going through everything that he was getting ready to face? I try to tell people all the time, especially ministry people, everyone wants this stage, but nobody wants to go through what we went through to get here. And if I told you all the details of that, you'd run away from this as fast as you possibly could because this comes with a price. And anybody out here that's ever accomplished anything, you know what it took to get there. It cost you something. 
So when God answers our prayer with a promise, it's to strengthen our faith. David has a word from God. Pursue, for you shall overtake them and without fail recover all. How many know that's all David needed to hear to go after the Amalekites? Let me read some supporting verses here. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, in the New King James Version, says, call to me and I will answer you. And I love this. And show, this word show here means to announce, explain, declare, to tell, and to show forth you great and mighty things. See, God is saying, if you'll call me, pray to me, come to me, inquire, I've got some things to tell you. I want to explain some things to you. I want to help you understand not just why you're in the situation, but also how to get out of it. See, if you don't understand the why, then you'll never change. Because in the why, he's going to tell you about yourself. Oh, see, we don't like that part of it right there. See, and a lot of times we want other people and situations to change, but it's really you that needs to change. Your situation is trying to build character in you, not somebody else. So he said, I want to explain some things to you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you understand. And it says here, you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, I want you to think about what God just said in Jeremiah, what Jeremiah is prophesying here. The reason you're in the situation you're in is because you don't know how to get out of it. Can everyone say amen to that? That's the bottom line. The only reason you're in it is because you don't know how to get out of it. So God is saying, call me. Stop calling Instagram. He ain't on TikTok most of the time, right? See, we spend more time there than we do in God's presence. That's why I got off all of that this year because I had some stuff going on in my life where I don't have time to be on no doggone Instagram and, and Facebook. Come on, somebody, just flipping my life away. Come on, somebody, just swiping my life away when I got real issues going on. I've got a wife that's been diagnosed with a form of cancer. I got a son that's being challenged right now. It's not time for me to be flipping through no doggone Instagram pages. It's time for me to inquire of God and call God because obviously I don't know what I'm doing in my current situation. And when I call him, God is saying, let me explain some things. Let me show you some things about yourself, what you're doing wrong with your son. Let me show you how you can change so he can change. And I'm going to show you some great and mighty things that you don't know about right now because that's why you're in this situation. But we've got to call him. I believe God is looking at you right now, just like this. Hit me up. Call a brother. I got you. What took you so, some of y'all, what took you so long to call? I've been waiting all this time. You called everybody else but me. Psalms 91, 14 through 16. Somebody say, I'm a Psalms 91 man or woman, whichever one you are. I confess this over my life every day. This is talking about a specific person, not everybody. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, because he, not everybody, mankind, this individual, this person, because he has set, he's fixed. This is a settled issue with this individual. Because he has set his love upon me, 
Therefore, I will deliver him or her, not everybody, the one that set his love upon me. And I will set him on high. Why, God? Because he has known my name. This is a familiar friend. He's discerned properly who I am in his life and what I mean to him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him or her in trouble, and I will deliver him or her and honor them. How, God? With long life, I will satisfy him or her, and I will show them my salvation, which means my deliverance, my victory, my health, and my prosperity. I wouldn't care what level of variant comes into this earth. If I set my love upon God, he will deliver me from it, and with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his deliverance every single time because my love is fixed and it is settled on God. God loves me more than anything on the planet, and he will not fail me. Does anybody love God in this place today? Come on, I ask the question. Does anybody love God in this place today? Then why are you upset? Why are you anxious? Why are you worried if you know God is on your side? If God is for you, then who can be against you? A 1,000 can fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you if you know the character of God. Number three, knowing God's will gives you confidence. You know why a lot of people don't have confidence in God? Because they don't know what God said about their situation. Knowing God's will will give you confidence. 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15, the Passion Translation says, since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before him. For if we present any request agreeable to his will, the Passion Translation says, he might hear us. Is that what it says? See, how many know if you call me, if your name is not in my phone and just a number comes up, I'm not answering if you send me a text and it's not a name associated with that, I'm not responding. And how many know it depends on how well I know you. If I see your name, it might take me a while. See, I got family members. I love all of you all. I know they watch every weekend. But they, they got emergencies, and I got a rule now. I wait three days. <laughs> by the end of three days, God has already worked that situation out for them. So by the time I call them, come on, somebody. Oh, that's already worked out. Now, nah, we, we good now. Nah, we good. And I try to teach them that I'm not God. <laughs> My name is Joel. Hello, somebody. How many of you know, people that think you got a little success or something, and, and all of a sudden this forget God called Joel? So when I see emergency in family, three days. So that's what happened, huh? That's what took me so long to call you back. And I'm glad it worked out for you. Come on, somebody give God some glory in this place. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this place. But the difference between me and God, if your request is agreeable to his will, 
he will hear you. And notice this, here's the confidence. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained the request that we've asked of him. Now, we have obtained this past tense. It's not faith if you don't know at the moment you ask him, you already got it. And you know you're in faith because you can begin to conduct yourself like you have it before you have it. You can walk around with linen in your pocket and say, all my needs are met according to his riches. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about with lint in pocket and bank account. Come on, somebody in here know what I'm talking about. All kind of pain could be in your body, and you'll say, my God, by his stripes, I am healed. Come on, somebody. You can sit there, and five bills can show up at your house all at the same time, and you'll look at all of those bills and say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody has been there before. Come on, somebody, you can get a pink slip, get laid off, and get fired and walk right out of there with your head up high and say, boy, I thank God they fired me today because God's got something better for me. Come on, God's got a better opportunity waiting for me on the other side of this. Why? Because that's his will for my life. And when I know that, if I know that if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat, then I know God wants me to work. Hello, somebody. And if they made that decision, then God has something better for me. We get all upset at the person, fall out of relationship, won't speak to somebody again, and then Satan has you right where he wants you to stop you from moving into a greater opportunity. Hebrews 10.35 says, so do not throw away. New Living Translation says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Why? Remember the great reward it brings you. So if you're going to inquire of God, you've got to trust that what God is telling you to do, you can actually do it. Let's keep going. So a lot of times we think because God told us to do it, everything is going to be rosy. I've learned quite the opposite. Because God told me to do it, all hell getting ready to break loose. And you'll start questioning, did I miss it? Did God really tell me to do this? Because if he told me that, this wouldn't have happened. We do all of that, don't we? Let's read. See, after God instructs us, we've got to act on God's word in faith. Let's get to the pursuit pursue portion of this letter C, pursue. Act on God's word in faith. So now we know what he said, right? We've strengthened ourselves. We've encouraged ourselves. We've inquired. Now we know what he said, and we've got to have this ability to act on God's word in faith. After God instructs us, we must act on God's word in faith. Let's read 1 Samuel 30, 9 and 10. And it says here, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and he came to the brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bazaar. Point number one, you may experience, or let, point number one under letter C, you may experience a setback as you act on God's word. 
Now, this is for mature people. I follow God, but I want, in the natural, I, it looks like I went backwards. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I know God told me to do this, but I went backwards. If you know anything about a slingshot, the further you get pulled back, so sometimes the backward momentum is actually creating something called thrust. But if I'm all in my feelings, I'll miss that. So David started out with 600 men. 200 of them said, I'm tired. Now, if you all do your homework, I don't have time to tell you all the things, but the Amalekites were some bad boys. This is a huge army. And David is already shorthanded with 600. And 200 of the 600, one third, one out of three men said, I'm too tired to go. Can you all handle what I'm getting ready to tell you? Sometimes God has to get rid of the dead weight. See, with, with God, less is actually more. And typically when it's God, he's going to put you in a situation where you will know only God could have done something like that for you. You all want a little bit more of this today? You sure? So everybody that stayed home and leaves you is not a bad thing. when you know what God told you to do. So David has to have this ability to keep on going because listen to me now. Can I share this with you all? God didn't tell all 600 of the people. He only told David. And sometimes the people will try to keep you I'm going to stay out of there because I can, I can. People try to read into what I said. He talking about such and such. I'm not talking about anybody. They won't leave me alone. I'm just sharing a story. Sometimes the very people that God called to go with you will try to keep you from getting where he called you to go. Right? Because God told you to go there. And he told them to help you. I feel like we upset uh, hell with those statements there. So let's excite heaven with some hallelujahs in this place. Come on, come on, come on. You got to get a revelation of that. Everybody that leaves you is not a bad thing. Come on, I said, everybody that said, ah, I'm good. I don't think I want to go on this trip. I don't think I, sometimes that's a good thing. 
Let him stay behind. Come on, somebody. Let him go because God told you what to do. He didn't tell everybody else. See, folks, you can have all the dreams in the world written down on a sheet of paper. You can have your vision goal. You can have all of that. Write the vision and make it plain. But at some point in life, you are going to get hit in the mouth to see how bad do you really want that dream? How real is that vision on the inside of you? So if you don't know your why, and if you don't have the Word of God behind why you're doing what you're doing, you are going to get hit in the mouth and knocked down, and you will not get back up. If your why and the promise of God is not greater than the punch, then you're going to get knocked down and never get back up. And that's where some of you all are right now, stuck on the ground because life hit you in the mouth. And it's time for you to get back up. You know, I love boxing. I, I, when, man, when I was a kid, I would be the only one in the living room, four years old, watching the Ali Frazier fight. Everybody's gone to bed. You know, those fights came on at midnight back then. And I don't know if you all remember the Buster Douglas-Mike Tyson fight. Let me take you back for a minute. Show that video. another day of work for Mike Tyson. He looks almost bored as they call to the center of the ring by the referee. The stage is set. We're set to go. Bob Sheridan here. You see Mike Tyson in the black trucks traditional and Buster Douglas. that video right there let me give you all a little boxing history do you all know up to this point no one had ever been knocked down by Mike Tyson and got back up see folks it's a 12 round fight and throughout the course of those 12 rounds you're going to take some blows and if you're wise and the word of God is not stronger than the blow you just took So in this scenario, Buster Douglas was saved by the bell. The 10 count saved him. Buster Douglas goes to his corner 
And I know I was thinking this. I believe the whole world was thinking, it's over for Buster now. How many of y'all watching that? If you don't remember that fight, you're sitting there right now. Oh, Mike getting ready to tear his butt up right now. Raise your hand if you might be thinking that, right? I know I did, and the entire world is thinking that. But I believe Buster went back to that corner, and he started thinking about his why, and that he came to that fight to be the heavyweight champion of the world. And I want to give you all some inside information that most people don't know about. Buster Douglas' mom had been telling everybody that her son was going to knock Mike Tyson out and become the heavyweight champion of the world. And I believe Mike is sitting in his chair just thinking to himself, man, my mama has told everybody I'm going to knock Mike Tyson out and be the heavyweight champion of the world. But there's another piece to that story. What people don't know is that, that Buster Douglas' mother passed two days before this fight started. And folks, this is how life will do you. Right, right before the biggest fight of your life, the person who believes in you the most died. And you know what Satan wants you to do? Satan wants you to die with that situation. And you've got two choices in that moment. I can either die with my mother or I can fight for my mother and get up off of this ground and get back in this fight and not let my mother's words fall to the ground. And I believe Buster Douglas got back up for that ninth round. And let's look at the end of this fight. Show the rest of that video. Show that clip. We've been looking for all night. So no matter what happens, we give a lot of credit to Buster Douglas for making this a big, big fight. Tyson trying to end it with one big shot again. He's down, he comes with the uppercut. Come on, brother, Buster's right just back. Hey, look at this. Look at Buster coming back. Did he fuck on the lights of Mike? Stop that video. I believe every punch Buster Douglas was throwing at that point was for his mother. And my mother was telling everybody, I'm going to knock your butt out, right? First person ever to get up off the ground after Mike Tyson knocked him down and beat Mike Tyson. You know why? Because his why was greater than that punch. Come on, in our scenario, the Word of God has to be greater than the punch that life is going to give, give you. And for some of you, that's your problem right now. You got knocked down and you stayed down. It's time for you to get back up. It's time for you to get back in the fight again. Come on, it's time for you to start swinging back at life and letting life know you might have knocked me down, but you will never knock me out. And get back up and you keep swinging and you keep swinging until you become the new heavyweight faith champion of the world in your situation. You've got more fight in you than you actually know about.
You've got to have the ability to outlast the punch. And the only thing that gives you that ability is the Word of God. You are coming back greater than the way that you got knocked down. For some of you watching online, it's time to get out of the bed and get back on your post and get back to doing what you know God told you to do. You've been away way too long. You are in a fight of your life. Listen, folks, this is not a playground. This is a war zone. And if you think the enemy is playing, you are sadly mistaken. He, don't, he, don't, he not only wants to knock you down, he wants to knock you out. And if you don't have this ability to get back up and get back in the fight and keep swinging until you win you will lose every single time somebody say I'm getting back up come on somebody say I'm getting back up come on somebody say I'm getting back up come on somebody say it with your chest say I'm getting back up come on I'm getting back in the fight and I'm fighting until I win Somebody ought to stand up by faith right now and just act like a champion. Act like you've already won. Come on, give God glory. Act like you are the faith champion of the world. Hallelujah. In your situation. Come on, sickness should have never came to your front door. Lack should have never came to your front door. It knocked on the wrong door when it knocked on your door. And that's the one thing you've got to understand about your enemy. He's just like Mike Tyson. He's a bully until you hit him back. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, I'm pursuing. Come on, somebody say, I'm recovering all. Come on, somebody say, I will not fail. Come on, type it in online. Say, I'm, re I'm pursuing. I will recover all, and I will not fail. Some of y'all been without a job too long. It's time to get the best one you've ever had in your life. Come on, some of you all, your, your business has been struggling too long. It's time for that business to catapult and go to the next level. Come on, some of you all have been single too long. God has somebody out there for you. Stay in the fight. Keep swinging. Outlast your enemy. And if you get knocked down, remember what God told you to do in the first place. And get back up and keep swinging. You can be seated. Folks, I've been knocked down multiple times. I'm thinking about a time about eight years ago, and my wife and I, we were going through a situation, and we had to go home and tell our kids what happened. And my baby girl, she's different. When we shared it with them, she just broke down and started crying. And she said, Daddy, am I going to have to leave my school? Daddy, are we going to leave Georgia? My wife is sitting here, and I grabbed her by both of her arms. And I said, girl, listen to me, baby girl. You will not leave your school, and we will not leave Georgia. <laughs> Folks, I stand here to tell you today, she did not leave her school. And obviously, you can see we're still here in Georgia. And I'm going to tell you why. Because mom and dad decided to get back up. Come on, we have been dealt body blows. Come on, somebody. We were in that eighth round, and both of us got hit with an uppercut. 
But we looked at each other and we said we're down, but we're not out. Come on, somebody. And as long as there's breath in our lungs, we are going to keep fighting. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad we did. And as long as you've got breath in your lungs, you are going to keep fighting. Somebody say, until I win, the fight is not over. Come on, say it with your chest. Until I win, the fight is not over. And I've got even better news for you. You've already won. I wrote this down. You must be willing to do the things today that others won't do so that you can have the things tomorrow that others won't have. The people that are talking about you are jealous of you because they can't do what you do. That's why they'll never have what you have and what you're going to have. So stop listening to the criticism. You've got to learn in life when, criticize, when people criticize you, Right? If they compliment you, don't let it go to your head. If they criticize you, don't let it get in your heart. Stay hungry. Make no your vitamins. Stop being a people pleaser. You got to learn how to say no. You can't be everything to everybody at all times. You got to say, no, I'm on a mission right now. I got to take care of my business. I got to finish reading the book. I got to study a little harder. I've got to save a little more. Make no your vitamins. You must leave a legacy. You must become a person that refuses to die an unlived life. You can't be casual about your dreams. Because if you're casual about your dreams, then you'll become a casualty. If you want something bad enough, then you will fight for it. Be willing to stay up all night for it. Go to the place where all your dreams about life are laying there waiting for it. When life seems useless and worthless without it, you'll gladly sweat for it and fret for it and lose all your terror for the enemy and opposition for it. You'll be able to look your enemy and opposition in the face and say, you will not stop me from reaching my goals. You'll simply go after the thing you want with all of your capacity, your tenacity, your strength and sagacity, your faith, your hope, your confidence, and your stern pertinacity. I'm looking up new words. Look them up. They'll bless you too because you've got to have mental strength. It's not all spiritual. You've got to have some mental tenacity about you because everybody doesn't want you to win. Matter of fact, more people want you to lose than people want you to win. I'm sure when Buster Douglas got knocked down, there were a lot of people saying, I knew he was going to get knocked down. I told you he was going to get knocked down. You've got to be able to say if the whole world is coming against you, if God is for me, I'm going on. If neither cold, poverty, sickness, pain in your body or brain can keep you away from the thing that you want, when you know that with God's help, I can get it. Get back up. Get back in the fight. Get back on your post. 
get back to doing what you know God told you to do. We're in a war, folks. Everything that's happening in this world is not actually what's happening. There's an enemy behind this pandemic. And if you don't understand, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down. Then you're going to try to fight with their weapons. And everything they give you, you're going to take it. Because you can't see what's going on behind it. It's time for the church to wake up. Satan tried to take the church out. I don't know if you all realize it. It was bigger than a pandemic. See, if I can keep your mouth covered, nobody will see what you're speaking. Don't nobody in here with your mouth covered take that the wrong way. I'm not saying anything one way or the other. Keep your mouth covered. All I'm saying is take it off at some point when you feel comfortable and say what God said about your situation. And I'll leave it right there. Psalms 27. 23, I'm just going to stop with these two verses for today. Reminds us that the steps of a good and righteous man or woman are directed and established by the Lord. And he delights in his way and he blesses his path. When he falls, that doesn't sound right. The steps of a righteous man or woman are directed and established by the Lord. And he delights in his way and blesses his path when he falls. Something about that don't sound right. But what he's showing you is that you can be doing everything that God told you to do the right way and still fall. But he will not be hurled down. Why? Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand and sustains him. See, what you've got to understand is if you're doing what God told you to do and you fall, God is still right there to pick you right back up. And notice the word that is used, it used there, and sustain you. So fall doesn't mean I have to experience loss. It just means I fail and need to get back up. Somebody say, I'm getting back up. Today. You mean that? How many of y'all can admit you stopped fighting hard? Come on, look, look around the room. Come on, how many of y'all can admit you stopped fighting hard? But your enemy kept coming. Proverbs 24, 15 and 16 says, don't interfere, message Bible. Don't interfere with good people's lives. Don't try to get the best of them. No matter how many times you trip them up, God loyal people don't stay down long. Come on, somebody. Come on, I, boy, I might run around this worship center on that one. Come on, I, I, no matter how often you trip them up, God loyal people don't stay down long. Soon they're up on their feet while the wicked end up flat on their faces. Do I have any God loyal people in here today? Come on, I said, do I have any God loyal people in here today? I know I do because you're here today.
So if you're down right now, that is the word of the Lord unto you. You will not stay down. Say that about yourself. I will not stay down. I'm going to type that in online. I will not stay down. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833 833- 988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.